Welcome back to Hitch Route. This is it. The NFL season of 2022-2022 is kicking off. And I am so excited, Rob. How are you feeling? Man, this is just, this is what we, this is the date that we circle on our calendars, you know? I mean, this is, this is the day that we all think about in March, April, May, June, even July. We think about, you know, that, that first-ish week of September, you know, the week of the first game, and then, of course, the Thursday night opener. It's just, we're here, man. We made it, and I can't wait. I think this season's going to be even better than last one. That's saying something. We had maybe the craziest offseason in NFL history, so it only makes sense that this season is even crazier. Yeah. I would yeah. say that also, you know, it's interesting because some teams, you know, you feel like you're going to be out of it right away. So just as a comment that some teams might have been hoping for this day for much longer, even since like week two of 2021. And that might possibly be the team that didn't have a name the last time we started a season. (laughs) Yes, yes. Apparently we have a team that fits your description. Who would have thought? Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, I think the NFL at the end of the day, it's the sport of hope. Um, And I think that's why we why we as fans connect with it so much because everyone goes into the season or just about everyone goes into the season with, with a shred, at least a shred of hope for their team. Um, Even the bad teams, like, you know, you could envision a scenario where the bears get into the playoffs or the <laughs> Thanks for trying to make me feel good, Rob. Yes, yes, you're welcome. It's funny because I wasn't even thinking about you when I pulled the bears out of my you know what. Um I just was was, you know, thinking about teams that everyone's writing off but which I think have a chance to surprise. But of course, you know, while that logic might apply to 28 teams, there are naturally three or four that, as we all know, don't have much hope going into this season. But I think for the most part, their fans know, you know, who their teams are that we're referring to here. Well, um, I'm flattered that you'd even suggest that the Bears aren't in one of those three to four teams. No, dude. I mean, like, again, you know, we were talking about this earlier. If you have the quarterback, you have a shot, right? Like, who knows? Maybe your offensive line gels. Maybe Eberflus somehow connects with JF1. And they, you know, go on a run midseason and suddenly they're in the hunt in the NFC. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, there's so few games you know, like with the NBA, like, you know, I feel the regular season is, <laughs> let's call it what it is. It's it's largely irrelevant, I think. Um, you know, we know the teams that are going to be left standing at the end because 
all we have to do is count the teams that have the greatest number of stars, and those are your playoff teams. Like, in the NFL, it's kind of similar. Like, we know who the great quarterbacks are. We know who the great coaches are. We know who the most well-run organizations are. But at the same time, there's always a team or two that surprises us. I mean, there's, I saw a crazy stat the other day that on average over the last five to 10 years, half the playoff teams that, that half the previous year's playoff teams did not return to the playoffs the following season, which is crazy. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, and, uh, but I can see why, you know. It feels like, we talked about this before, but there are just so many great QBs in the AFC in particular that, of course, it has to be uh, a carousel of who gets in and who gets out because they just can't make it every year. Very true. Yeah, yeah, very true. And and honestly, I, I don't think the NFC, I don't think it's going to take the NFC long to catch up. I mean, you know, I think college is giving us more great quarterbacks each year who are working earlier and earlier because the NFL has adopted so many college concepts into its own game. And, you know, the coaching is so good. And and the guys themselves are coming in with so many more reps than guys were coming in with 10 to 15 years ago. So, you know, it's really, I think it's, it's kind of a turning point for the NFL of, you know, a turning point that I think has has already started to, you know, unfold. But but I do think that trend of great quarterback play and more and more great quarterbacks is here to stay for a long time. Well, that's something to look forward to because, you know, I can cheer for, like, the guys that are unsung heroes that, like, for example, you know, like a Nick Foles type or a Taylor Heineke, you know, had his moments. But at the end of the day, you generally want like these elite machines running offenses because that's what brings out the best in NFL team. And uh, yeah, it's there's we're clearly in the youth movement. Um, hopefully the Bears have a guy that is part of it and here to stay. Um, even in the NFC, there's still uh, Trey Lance, of course. Um, but yeah, it's mostly in the AFC right now. Even guys that are like, you know, not great. Like Trevor Lawrence was a phenomenal prospect, but you know, his first NFL season was going to suck because he went to the Jaguars, but right. He's there. Um, Zach Wilson has that dog in him. Um, you know, <laughs> Mac Jones clearly, uh, he took his team to the playoffs, uh, in this first year. I mean, and we already are like, man, Max bad, you know, he doesn't have a high ceiling. And it's like, this man took his team to a playoffs as a, as a rookie. Like, there's just QBs are going to become better and better. And yeah, I mean, I look forward to it. Clearly there are some teams on this list of 32 that need that QB. Um, there are guys like, let's say Davis Mills with the Texans that or Desmond Ritter with the Falcons. It's like, are they the guy? Are they going to be the guy or do they need a savior? And we'll definitely go over what that looks like this NFL season. But yeah. No matter what, it's exciting. A hundred percent, hundred percent. If only that dog in Zach Wilson was enough to help him overcome his injury. Yeah, it's not great, but at least the old man Joseph Flacco 
gets to start another opening day in this NFL? Um, that would be Joseph Vincent Flacco for you. My sincerest apologies. I must include the middle name at all times. Indeed, you must. What if I just called him Vincey Boy? Would that be okay? I mean, if you called him Vincey Boy, I would I would say that you know the I would say the Ravens have absolutely no shot in Week One. But but if you just were to call him Joseph Flacco, I think I think then it becomes a more competitive fight. Mm, it's true. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's. I I suppose Lamar Jackson cannot stand up to his greatness. Of Joseph Vincent Flacco, just in like a name competition, but indeed, if it, was, if it was a race, if it was pretty much any competition of, of athleticism, I think I'm gonna bet on LJ era eight. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, I mean, you know, we'll dive more into that one, you know, as we go through our weekly picks, but um. Yeah, just uh, just a really interesting lineup in week one. A lot of revenge games, which is so funny because, like, I feel like Roger Goodell, you know, definitely orchestrated one of them. You know, Russ, you know, coming back to to face, you know, the Seahawks, you know, uh, up in uh, up in Seattle. Um, but he, he kind of lucked into two more between Baker going to Carolina and then, you know, obviously – queued up to face the Browns and then Zach Wilson, <laughs> despite that dog in him going down to a multi-week foot injury, which paved the door to our boy, Joe Flacco to go up against the Ravens. And like, it's amazing to me that like even games that would otherwise be considered dreadful are games that like we've actually devoted airtime to during this like opening segment. And that's like the power of the NFL. I will say for the record, there is a 97% chance we're giving airtime to Ravens at Jets because you are, in fact, a Ravens fan, Rob. Indeed. Just as there is a 96.9% chance that we are giving airtime to the Bears and the 49ers because you, my dear friend, are a Bears fan. We're going to give airtime to it when I say the Bears are going to lose, and that's pretty much all the airtime it's going to get, but I suppose it's time nonetheless. It is airtime. We have we have achieved the binary outcome of one as opposed to zero. It's lovely. I can't wait to reach the singularity with you, Rob, this season. But nevertheless, let's start with Thursday Night Football. Bills let's at Rams. Right Bills at Rams. What could very well be this year's Super Bowl in what was at last year's Super Bowl location. Indeed. I don't know about you, but I think either of these two guys would be, either of these two teams, rather, would be excellent survivor picks for week one. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Indeed. I mean, who's who's up here arguing that the Rams are going to beat the Bills? And meanwhile, who's out here arguing that the Bills are going to beat the Rams? I mean... I mean, you know, you can have it either way. I suppose that's one way of putting it. Or one might also argue, how about we choose teams not facing Super Bowl contenders, such as the 49ers facing the Bears? Mm. But this is going to be a really fun game. 
Uh, I, you and I are split on this one. We have more games in common than we don't, but this one we are split on. I think Josh Allen is going to run through and take power and prove why he's the front runner for this MVP race right here, right now. I thought the Bills were going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously they'd make it, but in my bracket, I predicted them going all the way. And if it wasn't for a coin flip, maybe I would have been correct. Mm. Mm, indeed. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly the team that everyone is elevating to that level of stratosphere, you know, in the week leading up to the season. But uh, got to go with the defending champs here. And uh, this is going to be a recurring theme for me throughout the season in that I think the Bills and specifically Josh Allen are going to show some signs of regression on offense. And that's due largely not to any personnel departures or coaching changes, but well, well actually rather, yes, it is very much due to a coaching (laughs) change, specifically a coordinator change in the departure of Brian Dable to become the head coach of the New York Giants. I think that's going to hit this offense harder than people are letting on. I particularly think that that offense is going to struggle out of the gate, perhaps for the first couple of weeks of the season, simply because they're going to be trying to find a new identity on offense. And again, that's not an indictment against Josh Allen or the Bills, you know, front office, their their organization, which has clearly turned things around. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think the Rams are going to have the advantage of more continuity here. I think the Rams are returning just about everybody. I mean, the Bills are returning almost everyone as well, but I think the Rams just, you know, from a coaching standpoint, from a you know personnel standpoint, I think there's more continuity there. Uh, they're playing at home. They'll get to sleep in their own beds. I trust Sean McVay's preparation over the Bills' preparation simply because, you know, I think he is a better schemer. Um, and on top of all of that, you know, when you've got one team that's got a bunch of guys with unbelievably cool names, not least of which being Sean McVay, because after all, we all know you would much rather be named Sean McVay than whatever you are currently named at this moment. Um, you know, you know, I kind of like the name Alex Frumpkin myself. I think I'd stick with it. Yes, but do you like it more than Cooper Cup or Aaron Donald? or Matthew Stafford, or Jalen Ramsey. I think I like it perhaps equally to Cooper Cup, more than Aaron Donald, a little more than Jalen Ramsey. The only name I can think of that is too cool that I would want to have it is Ezekiel Ansah. And Sean McVay agrees to how cool that name is which is why that guy never made it to the Rams roster. Mm, mm. Poor Ezekiel Ansah, man. Poor Ezekiel Ansah. He, he was I mean, good. He was good for a bit. He was good for a bit. I mean, folks, you know, with a name like Ezekiel Ansah, if he's not a Los Angeles Ram, nobody should be. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. All these Rams that are on the roster right now should be thanking their lucky stars that they get Ezekiel Ansah's spot, despite their 
significantly less cool name than Ezekiel Ansah. That goes directly to you, Daryl Henderson. What a base It really name. does. It really does. Oh, 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 and by the way, how could I have forgotten Cam Akers? I mean, who wouldn't who who would not have liked to have been named Cam Akers while they were a high school football star? You always ask the best questions, Rob. Honestly, I think every single high school football player in existence wishes they were named Cam Akers, particularly. Mm. Long story short, Rams more prepared. Rams more continuity, Rams cooler names, Rams at home. Rams win week one. Mm. I think Josh Allen would definitely be the antithesis to cool name theory. Mm. But Can I still he think- overcome? Can he overcome the greatness of a name like Sean McVay? It's a great question. I think he can. I think that this this Bills team is better. I Maybe you're right. Maybe that the departure of Dable is going to be more than I'm giving credit to. But here's the thing. They still kept parts of staff like they were under Dable. And, you know, they still know all the plays he ran. I don't particularly see why the tree has to stop one just because you cut off a few branches. You know, I think all the foundation for that playbook is still there. So why wouldn't they keep going smoothly? Because mm. all the players are the same. Sean McDermott's still the same. And I would say that the Bills have a a more complete roster, in my humble opinion. Fair enough. Looking forward to it. I do think the, the, the jet lag will and like being at home definitely matters. But overall, also the fact that the Bills are hungrier because the Rams are still sobering up from their, their Super Bowl uh, drunkenness, if you will. I don't know. Rams live in the harshest conditions this world has to offer on the sides of mountains, dodging cliff faces and avalanching rocks, scouring and, and scavenging for wherever their next meal can come from within the crevices of the earth. Rams are always hungry, my friend. Fair enough. I would argue that Bills, whatever animal they are supposed to represent exactly, which is perhaps buffaloes, even though there are no buffaloes in the United States, because that's what they so-called the bison, but why would the bisons be called Bills? It's a long story for why it's a pretty inaccurate name, but I would argue that they go through similar conditions and they are larger animals, so they are hungrier because they have a greater need to fill. My also, take. I think we've gone Go ahead, down this. I just think we've gone down this path a bit far, don't you think? Are you sure? Because I think we have much more to talk about on this particular game than we already have. Mm. You know, I, I will respectfully disagree. I will respectfully agree with that. Why don't we move on? Sounds good. All right, Saints and Falcons. I, I don't have much to say here. Uh, I do. Okay. Falcons equal blah. Saints equal less blah. <laughs> Therefore, the Saints will win this game week one. That's a pretty apt summary. I will say, though, Falcons are at home. Does that now matter? Ooh. Ooh. 
the Falcons are at home. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it. I will say though, in terms of the positional battles, Falcons win the tight end matchup clearly, and that's really the only matchup that matters in the modern NFL. Hmm. Indeed. Okay, moving on. Browns at Panthers. Roger mm. Goodell's luckiest revenge game. Mm. Juicy. Juicy. You and I are also split on this game. You think the home team wins. I think the Browns win. Tell me why I'm wrong, Rob. I mean, it, it's less about you being wrong because, like, on paper, the Browns have by far the better roster. Um, it's just that I would just love to see Baker beat the Browns. I mean, it's funny because anyone who knows me, and you certainly know me, Frumkin, knows that I have never been high on Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Um, I believe that that his maturity was a challenge from day one. I think when you're a quarterback, you have to be more quarterback-like than Baker Mayfield is, especially at the microphone, his antics both on the field and off the field. You know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but I kind of saw this coming. He had way too much ego, and his ego was left unchecked, and it cost him. But that said, the Browns have managed to swoop in in the course of just a single offseason. And make me hate them immeasurably more than I ever disliked Baker Mayfield. So yes, folks, this is ultimately a game between a player I don't particularly like and a franchise that I particularly despise. So believe me, it would bring me unimaginable pleasure to watch Baker Mayfield lay into his former team week one. Not saying he will, but I just think he's going to wake up ready for battle on Sunday, September 11th. And I cannot wait, man. I cannot wait. Okay. That's all well and good. I'm going to try and use my brain and logic, though. <laughs> and, who chooses and who wins a game of football. And uh, I would say that the Browns are better in many capacities. First and foremost, the offensive line. Second and secondly foremost, but perhaps more importantly for this game, the defensive front seven. Miles Garrett will rip apart Baker Mayfield because this will be the first chance he's gotten to do it in full contact. <laughs> all of the years of turmoil that this man inflicted as quarterback will allow all this Browns defense to attack him with full throttle because they are also hungry to shut him up. Yes. Yes. They've waited. They've waited four years for this opportunity. It's all pent up in there. They can't wait to let it out. Think about what Miles Garrett did to Mason Rudolph. That would look like child's play to what he wants to do to Baker. Well, I suppose ripping somebody apart would, in fact, be a step up from what Miles Garrett did to Mason Rudolph on that field Monday night. It was a Monday night game? I think it was Monday night. Man, people had 
work that day, so they weren't even really watching, and then they had work the next day, and then this turmoil happened. That's not fair. That's not yeah, fair. Yeah. In either case, I think that the Browns are a more well-rounded team, and I also think Jacoby Brissett is a more than capable backup because, as we all know, Deshaun Watson is not going to be playing for two-thirds of the football season. Jacoby Brissett will look just fine, and because he has a very good O-line to support him, he will be able to complete passes to pass catchers. And don't we forget that Nicholas Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who has his own ethical issues, but the legality of them has passed by, are on that roster, and they will be running up the middle over and over and over again. All that will be a toxic combination that will eviscerate the Carolina Panthers, in my humble opinion. You know what's funny about this? What? What's funny about this is that I agree wholeheartedly with your logic. There is not a single thing you have said that I disagree with in any capacity. This whole, this whole pick is about what I want to happen. This has, this has nothing to do with any semblance of logic or reason or rationale. It is 100% coming from my heart's greatest longings. Interesting. And so with that, I think I have been given enough airtime on this particular game. Fair enough. I will just let it be known that this is not an opinion that is single-handedly held by you. I was talking to uh, a, Pan- a Panthers fan earlier today. Shout out to Cade. He recorded the NFC preview episode with me. Um, he said that this game, week one, is their Super Bowl. If they win, they don't, he doesn't care if they go 1-16. But this is the game that he wants his fan base to die on. Honest, honestly, honestly, I'll die on this game with them. Good for you, man. Good yes. for you. Yes. I'm a loyal, loyal follower of the game, as you know. That you are. And you are a loyal secondary or tertiary follower of the Carolina Panthers because we went to school in that humble state. I am loyal to the success of my champions and to the demise of my nemeses. Let's put it that way. That's the greatest form of loyalty, self-interest. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Next game, 49ers at Bears. I have nothing to add. My team will really be perished. Um, I think it will be interesting to see just more generally, you know, the trajectories of Lance, uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. But this game in particular, my team will be slaughtered. There will be no mercy. Even if this O-line gels, it's not going to happen week one against Nick Bosa and Drake Jackson. I, I too agree. I, I too expect your team to perish badly. In fact, I would not be surprised if Kyle Shanahan unrolls the full bag of tricks, or should I say Shanahanigans, upon this Chicago Bears roster in week one, because we all know that's how the Shanahan operates. Indeed. The only thing I'll say on top of that, though... So, now that the Bears have died, why don't we move on to the next game? Well, before 
well, this is still the eulogy. Let me have my eulogy. I will say that last year we only lost by a single possession. And that's really all that matters. Uh, I think we're going to theoretically, possibly, in some universe, make it not a total obliteration on our end. I hope to see some positive signs about moving forward to the season. But again, a win is not anticipated. Mm. Next game. This one's in your division entirely. Ooh, Steelers at Bengals. Mm. What a juicy, juicy dinner the Bengals are about to enjoy. You know likey Steelers for this game? I know likey Steelers, nor do I likey just about anyone in this game outside of a handful of teams. I'm not buying into the Bengals' demise one second, my friend. I think they are here to stay. I think they are here to continue to terrorize the league. And I just happen to believe that the Steelers are the first course on their menu for the 2022 season. Fair enough. Those Tigers sure get hungry. They really do. They really do. And, you know, all that steel, all that steel up in Steel City, very, very filling for those Tiger bellies. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are known. Let's say, I think the Cincinnati Bengals defense has grown tremendously in the past few years. I don't think it's necessarily very menacing on the front seven. It's more of a secondary strength overall. Honestly, like, it's funny that I should, like, be so excited or enthusiastic about an interdivision game between two teams whose guts I hate. But at the same time, like, I, I've hated the Steelers for far longer simply because they've been more of a pain to us than the Bengals have been. And I'm sorry, but I still just can't get enough of this meme, which has suddenly now become a reality, which is that the Bengals of all teams are terrorizing the Steelers. And like, it's not even close when they play. Like, it's like, they literally like, like there were moments during that beatdown last year. I think it was the second of the two games when like, Bengals players were literally just mocking the Steelers. I mean, they were like, we know you can't play with us, and we love it. Yeah, it's not a very even match, to say the least. And now this time around, there's a rookie QB or Mitchell Trubisky throwing the ball. (laughs) There is either a rookie rookie QB or a Mitchell Trubisky. That is certainly... A set of choices I do not like when I'm facing the Cincinnati Bengals. Not the best choices, not the best choices to uh, enter the Tigers' den with. I must say. Indeed. Well, let's move from one set of predatory animals to the next. Eagles mm. at Lions. Mm. You and I have split on this one. You think Dan Campbell's Lions come roaring out the gates and win against the Eagles, which were a playoff team? Indeed. I believe the Lions are in to benefit from the hard knocks bounce. What is the hard knocks bounce, you ask? I did well, of course. You can go ahead. Well, of course, the hard knocks bounce simply means that whichever team appears on hard knocks the previous year will appear in the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl the following year. It's true. It's impossible for it to be any other way. 
Indeed. There is not a single team that has ever gone on hard knocks going into a season that has not won the Super Bowl going away during that season. Look it up. Don't at me. It's happening. Lions are the Super Bowl champions. Okay. Well, if we wanted to base this in some reality of what the football players are on the field, um, I would say that the Eagles simply have more. And I like the Lions rebuild, and I can say this because similarly to you with the Bengals, this team has not been a threat to the Bears. Um, now we've been clearly usurped in the rebuild process, but I hope things will for the best be that uh, things will move on with the Lions. But Eagles right now are a better team, uh, pretty clearly in my opinion. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, um, pretty mediocre, decent running back room. Jalen Hurts, definitely a better QB prospect, even if you're not sold on him being a starting QB long-term in this league. Definitely better than Jared Goff at this point. And, yeah, it's a better defense. Um, Every side of the ball is better for the one and only Philadelphia Eagles. Indeed. No, like, I think this is going to be a good one. Like, for real. Like, you know, this is going to be a really, really interesting matchup. Um, I mean, I, I, I do happen to believe the Eagles have a better roster from top to bottom. But at the same time, I think the Lions are going in with more continuity. And, and again, you know, I'm, I'm very big on continuity, um, you know, going into week one. I think You're the most continuous person I know in my life. Well, thank you. Thank you, Alex. I really appreciate that coming from you. Continually. But yeah, I I think the Lions are interesting. I just don't think this is going to be their game. Uh, it took Dan Campbell's f- first season Lions, what, eight games, ten games to register a win? I don't mm-hmm. think it's happening game one. Mm. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Colt to Texans. Um... I don't have much to say on this one besides Colts win handedly. The, the Houston Texans are like a doormat. Yes. Whereas the Indianapolis Colts are like an NFL football team. (laughs) And when NFL football teams meet doormats, what happens from King? Uh, They get trampled over because they're doormats. They get trampled over because they are doormats. Colts by 30. Colts by 30. Take it to the bank. By 30? What would you do if they don't win by a full 30? Never mind the fact that they are division rivals and, you know, most, most division games tend to go down to the wire. The Colts are going to win this game by 30 simply because they are the Colts and the Texans are the Texans. Right, but would you put money on it? Would you do something like like some consequence if they don't win by thirty? Oh, I would bet. Oh, I would bet not just my house, but I would bet my future house and my children's houses that they win by thirty. That's that's a pretty large bet, Rob. Indeed, indeed. And if they win by twenty-eight, well, you can catch me in the soup kitchen line. Fair enough. But it's not the world's most unreasonable bet, I'll say that. <laughs> Next game up, Patriots at Dolphins. 
Another divisional game. There's a good mix of divisional and non-divisional games for week one. Yeah. Honestly, I I love the NFL's inclination to put divisional matchups on for week one because, like, I do think that when, contrary to my previous take, I do believe that divisional games tend to be a bit closer and a bit more interesting than interdivision games um, just because the teams know each other so well and they know their schemes, they know their personnel, and, you know, you're just more likely to end up with blowouts. Um, this one in particular, Dolphins and Patriots, they actually opened the season last year facing off against each other, and it was a great game. Albeit it was a very low-scoring game, it was a very competitive and interesting watch. Um, and I think the NFL took notice of that, and I think they believe that you know these teams have a lot of respect for each other, and that they you know are going to give the other a good show. Um, and so I ultimately went with the Dolphins simply because I think they have the weapons advantage, and I don't think it's particularly close. I think the Patriots are finding themselves in this rut from a weapon standpoint. I think they've had too many a bad draft on offense, and I think it's really going to start to show its age over the next couple of weeks, you know, to start the season, but but really, I think over the next two seasons, it's really going to start to show itself. Um, but I think that you said continuity is important, and that's why I'm choosing the Patriots. They're definitely more continuous. There's Tyreek Hill is changing this offense dramatically, and not only do I think that there are going to be problems with uh, Tua keeping up with Tyreek, I also just think that it throws everything out of rhythm, not to mention an entirely revamped running back room. So I just don't think... Uh, uh, oh, and one more thing, a new coaching scheme. Even if I like Mike McDaniel coming out of the Niners organization and the Shanahan coaching tree, there's just so much up in the air that so many changes happen that I don't think that is the formula for beating Belichick's Patriots, especially true. week one. True. That's why I go Patriots. True, true. All right, then. Fair enough. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I like, I think by the end of the season, I would agree that Dolphins should be the better team, but just not out the gates. All right, next game. Ravens at Jets. I honestly think we talked enough about this game as is um, because I don't think there's much the Jets can do to keep up with your Ravens. You know, Alex, so often in life, unfortunately, what the heart wants conflicts with what the brain says. This is not one of those times. But on that rare, rare crossroads occasion, what the heart wants very much aligns with what the brain says. How does that make you feel as a fan, Robert? It, I, I you know, I'm not going to lie, Frumpkin. It, 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 it really tickles me. It really tickles me where I need to be tickled. It tickles your pickle, as they say. It is, I'm not going to say that on the podcast, but I will say that I believe the Ravens will win this game handily. I believe they are out for revenge this year. I think they got unbelievably robbed by a slate of horrific injury luck last season. And I think they're, they're about to put the NFL on notice that, hey, guys, we didn't go anywhere. We simply decided to spend a whole year in the infirmary 
And now we are back and well-rested and we're going to kick your butts. I mean, in a way, look for the silver lining. Now you guys play a fourth place schedule and you are mm-hmm. certainly the best fourth place team in the entire NFL. So yeah, I think that's really about it. Um, I, I really like the Ravens because of my friendship with you and the Jets. Even if I like their draft recently, they're not going to win it all. Uh, they're not going to win this game. Uh, Zach Wilson is definitely much higher ceiling than Joseph Vincent Flacco has at this point, and uh, he's out. So Flacco, while this may technically be a revenge game, he is not going to unleash any revenge whatsoever, as far as I see it. Yeah, and like on the subject of Joe Flacco, um, there's this there's this perception of Flacco's career out there that he suddenly became a bad quarterback. And like, I just don't think that's true. I think, I think it became very clear after a while that he was not going to age well in the new age NFL. I mean, like, like if, if offensive lines were excellent and it was still a league of statuesque quarterbacks, I think Joe Flacco would very much still be a starter in this league. However, given that the man cannot move to save his life, it is unfortunate for me to witness his gradual and at some points precipitous decline in stature within this league. But, you know, make no mistake, the man, the man can still sling it. He, he can still throw it around the yard. And you can be sure the Ravens of all teams will not underestimate him going into this game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on to the next one, though. Jaguars at Commanders. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I think you meant the Commandos. Yes, yes. That's the Commandos with an O at the end. Commando. Commandos. Mm, you sure? I, sorry, I, sorry. I am sure. Sorry. I am I, sure. The team, the team made a mistake. The team thinks that they're called the Commanders, but they're actually called the Commandos. I see. I see. And are we 100% sure they're not called football team or, dare I say, Redskins? Dare you say. Yeah, these are the commanders, according to an arbitrary piece of paper. So that's mm. what I will call them hereafter. Um, and, you know, this is not like the heart wants kind of things. It's just more of a theory. I honestly think that they're going to win because this is their first game with the rebranding. And uh, they oh. want to on a show. Very interesting. You disagree. I like to take risks when I make these picks. And this is a classic example of one of those times. I could very much see the commanders beating the Jags. But at the same time, I could also see the Jags beating the commanders. I think there's a scenario in which it happens. I think Doug Peterson combined with Trevor Lawrence. I think that's a very sneaky good quarterback coach combination in the league. Um, the Jags had a relatively good preseason, at least when their starters played. Um, I do question their depth. I do worry about what's lying just beneath the starter level guys. But at the same time, I think they have more upside than the commanders do, um, with Carson Wentz. So 
We'll see. Again, I could see it go either way, but at the same time, you know, I think I think the Jags could potentially turn some heads this year, and I think they could turn some heads sooner than everyone might think. Fair enough. I, I just think, uh, you know, in general, the commanders want are hungry for a win, and also Carson Wentz in particular probably wants to silence some haters, and he wants to try and play his best football out the gates. Well, you know, I suppose – I suppose none of those commanders would have become commanders if they weren't hungry for a win, you know? I suppose that's true. That is generally what motivates soldiers to climb up the ranks. Indeed. Well, up next, a battle that seems fitting for Greek mythology, the Giants at Titans. You and I both select Titans. Mm. Any devil's advocacy for the Giants here? I mean... They do have – nah, nah, I got nothing. They have the greatest QB of all time, Danny Dimes. That's got to be worth something. They have the greatest QB of all time who is not widely regarded to be the greatest QB of all time. Mm. I think it's pretty wide depending on which subreddit you're on. Mm. And dare I say Duke would be that subreddit. But seriously, though, Danny Dimes is going to have a bit of a bounce-back campaign this year. Yep, just not against the Titans. You ready for the next one? Let's do it. Chiefs at Cards. You and I both selected the Cardinals, and I'm shocked we that you, we both selected the Cardinals. Because I don't, even like, I don't even like the Cardinals, man. I just think that the Chiefs are going to be slow out the gate without Tyreek. Yeah, and in that regard, we're we're in perfect alignment. That was my primary motivation for choosing them. And honestly, like the Cardinals are a great September and October team. And like you could argue the Chiefs are a great September team, but like we have not yet seen this Chiefs team without a weapon like Tyreek Hill. Like a, you know, like as I was sharing with you the other day, I believe Tyreek Hill got Travis Kelsey a lot of big gains in this league. I think he has gotten him a lot of chain-moving plays, whereby, I kid you not, I'll be watching the TV, and there will not be a man in the picture with Travis Kelsey. There will not be another man in the picture guarding the best tight end, arguably, in football. I'm sorry, but that does not happen if Tyreek Hill is not on the field. And so I think the Chiefs are going to wake up to that reality. I think Mahomes is going to have to grapple with that reality. And I believe that ultimately it's going to catch up to them. Fair enough. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not it, – it just takes time to gel. I'm sure Pat, Patrick Mahomes is an amazing QB. Um, and they will take – they will – I would like to think they'll most almost certainly make the playoffs – it's it's mm. hard to even imagine. I mean, it's, I can definitely see it not happening, but it's just hard for me to stomach the thought of the Chiefs not making the playoffs after everything. Mm. But it's very possible in this current AFC. Nevertheless, uh, I don't have faith in Juju Smith-Schuster filling that void in week one against the Cardinals. Because I do think the Cardinals you know, are good enough um, at home 
um, Kyler Murray. Uh, they, they don't have D-Hop, but they have Marquise Brown as their new wide receiver one, at least to start the season. And it'll be interesting. I think I think the cards, maybe it's not going to be, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the cards have more on the table right now. Mm. All right. Next game, Raiders at Chargers. I should note that you and I are in agreement. We, we were in agreement for this one, and we're going to be in agreement for the rest of them. Um, so, but Raiders at Chargers, you and I both like Justin Herbert eking out a win. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be competitive. I, I don't think either team's going to run away with it. And as, as you and I were discussing before, before recording today, I believe the AFC West, every AFC West matchup this year is going to be must-see TV because I think all the teams are going to play each other well. I think they all do play each other well. And I believe they're now going to play each other very well, but in much more exciting fashion over the course of at least, you know, the next several seasons. Because when you look up, it's it's pretty amazing. The Chiefs have locked up Mahomes. The Raiders have locked up Derek Carr. The Chargers are going to lock up Justin Herbert. Let's just be be honest about that. And the Broncos literally just locked up Russell Wilson. So, like, this is going to be must-see television. All of these, all of these intra-division games within the AFC West for the next several years. And honestly, man, I'm here for it. I am here for it. Yeah. I remember a year ago we were talking about, well, not a year ago, just this offseason, the rumor that uh, Aaron Rodgers was going to go to this division and that would become this greatest division in football. And Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, had to stay in Green Bay to terrorize the Chicago Bears. But Russell Russell Wilson came and still made it the greatest division in football. He did. Those Bears, man, they were just too enticing. They were just too delicious a treat for him to pass up. He couldn't move too far away from everything that he owns. Indeed. all He, he likes to be near all of his uh, portfolio holdings. Essentially, that's the case. I wonder what the Bears are looking like in this market. It is a pretty bearish market, to be fair. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I was waiting for the joke. But yeah, is what it is. Shall we advance? I, I suppose we shall advance. And speaking of Aaron Rodgers... Packers and Vikings. Boy, am I happy to say that I think Aaron Rodgers loses a game of football and for it to being a reason other than my own bias. Mm. Why do you have the Vikings from King? The Packers without Devontae Adams, I just don't see them winning right away at in Minnesota. Um, maybe, maybe there's hopeful optimism, but there has to be regression for the Matt LaFleur-led Packers. They can't win 13 games every year. It's just Rodgers and running backs right now. Mm. It really is just Rodgers and running backs right now when you think about it. I mean, Alan Lazard. uh, Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb somehow still there. Ooh, Sammy Watkins signed. Big game changer. Um... Romeo Dalbs is a rookie. Christian Watson is a rookie. That both those guys are of intrigue, and Rogers can 
bring out the best of them, but it's just not a receiving core to be excited about at all. Yes, imagine your most vaunted receiver having a first name of Sammy. I think it's interesting to claim that Sammy Watkins is the most vaunted receiver in that group. Yes, indeed. Now imagine your most vaunted wide receiver being a man named Sammy Watkins. I mean, no matter which name you pick, it's not going to be good because this isn't the Los Angeles Rams. This is the remnants of the Green Bay Packers. I mean, honestly, man, it it, it really does seem like the Packers just 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 get all of the less coolly named castoffs from from Los Angeles. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, this is what it is. With the one exception, of course, of Alan Lazard, the lizard. Yes, it's fitting that he wears green. Yes, yes, he is a green. Slithering lizard. Has he slithered into your heart? He has not yet slithered into my heart. And as you can already see, he will not be slithering into my heart in week one. Because I believe the Vikings with their new head coach, Kevin Connell, are going to come out swinging. They're going to come out firing. They're going to hit on the things they fire at. And they're going to light up the scoreboard and the Packers will not be able to keep pace. I mean, that's fair. Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson is a very lethal combination. Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Not to mention Adam Thielen, Tyler Conklin, a very good but not nearly talked about enough tight end. And how, of course, could I be forgetting quarterback Kirk Cousins, who I will remind the audience has combined with Tom Brady for seven Super Bowls. <laughs> it's true. He has combined with Brady for seven Super Bowls. Indeed. Indeed. You don't want to be facing that in week one. I'm sorry. I mean, even if you want to look at the, the accolades of the actual Kirk Cousins, not when grouped with another QB, that is perhaps as great as him. Uh, he is like the goat of September. He, is he really a reg- is, man. He's a regular season king for sure. He rules that that 1 p.m. window on Sunday. I'm pretty sure this is a later game, but, like, it's still the daytime, you know. Yeah. It's September. You it's can still see time. the sun. It's not prime time, so we know he's going to light it up. Exactly, exactly. We we can give Kirk Cousins 432. It's fine. Pretty much. All right. That's all I really want to say on this game. Mm. I don't like thinking about the Packers very much drags down my mental health for the most part. Mm. The Sunday night football game. Actually a rematch of Thursday night football last year. Indeed. Cowboys. The last time I believe it was in Tampa. Yes. I think the Cowboys win this year. Not to be beating, you know, the the, the dead horse or riding a bandwagon, but I do think that the Cowboys are in for a good year. Yeah, and like this particular game, I think, presents the greatest matchup problem of of the entire week one slate. I think the Buccaneers' offensive line is in trouble. I think it's in more trouble than everyone is letting on. And I believe the Cowboys are going to feast on that trouble in week one. 
I mean, that's... I don't... Okay, but, like, I wouldn't say that the Cowboys have the most menacing front seven. They have some guys, for sure. I mean, Micah Parsons was uh, was defensive rookie of the year. Almost a defense... Was he DPOY? Who? No, he was not DPOY. But sorry, he's like he's already considered a candidate for DPOY this year. Um, so he's there. Uh, there's Leighton Vanderesh. It's kind of fun. I think Demarcus Lawrence is back. Um, but it's not like the scariest front seven, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. But at the same time, like I, I think Tampa had a really tumultuous off season. I think it's been very noisy recently. And with that, I think they're going to be, at the very least, a bit slow getting out of the gate. Not to mention, offensive line is very much a chemistry position. Like, it, it takes guys, it takes time for guys to really gel, you know, on the on the offensive front. And, you know, with all of the tumult they've been having, particularly at that position, between the injuries and the free agent departures. And, of course, unluckily for them, these injuries have been staggered. So it's almost like they've gotten chemistry with a new group of guys and then another guy's gotten hurt. And then they've gotten chemistry with a new group of guys and then another guy has gotten hurt. And it has just felt like their offensive line has not been able to stay out of the injury news cycle all off season. And I think it's going to come back to bite them this year, or at the very least, I think it's going to come back to bite them early in the season. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, like you said, it's a chemistry thing. So, uh, Shaq Mason, for example, was a major signing of theirs, but and he was a really good run blocker in New England. The question is, though, how valuable will that be week one because of the fact that the rest of the line has been moving around as much as it has? Tough to say. But yeah, uh, Cowboys definitely have a more contiguous team from last year. They got rid of, they lost Amari Cooper, but you know, C.D. Lamb is more than capable of taking on the wide receiver one spot. Mm. All right. Last game of them all, Monday Night Football. And the greatest revenge game of all of the week, clearly the one that Goodell was planning out. Broncos at Seahawks. Mm. Any thoughts other than Broncos win? Uh, No, Broncos win. Broncos win handily. Yeah, I can't think of a case where the Seahawks uh, even challenged them. In all yeah. Honesty. Um, yeah. The only way they could really challenge them is if they got inside Russell's head. You think, you, they know? you think they can do that? I mean, I think Russ is going to... I don't know, man. Like, Russ is a good guy, you know? Like, he's a good guy who, like, was really loyal to that ball club for a really long time and like by extension those fans and like I don't know I I can't help but think he's going to feel a bit rattled when he first walks into the building and suddenly all those same fans are booing him I mean I don't know like it's like you said I think eventually he settles in and then it's really hard for Seattle to compete but at the same time like this is definitely not the game he wanted to play in week one, you know, especially since it's at their stadium. It'd be one thing if they came to his house or rather his new house, but the fact that he's got to go there, you know, I, the, the more I discuss this, 
I am not switching my pick to the Seahawks. <laughs> Let me make that very clear. I am not switching my pick, but I do not believe the line is going to be as close. Or I'm sorry, I do not believe that the score is going to be as lopsided as people believe. Well, let's see what they think it is. Um, what you What would you bet the spread is on this game? I would say... I would say the Broncos are favored by I would say the spread is Broncos by five and a half. It's Broncos by six and a half. Broncos by six and a half. Okay. All right. So interesting. Yeah, they're still not giving it a full touchdown. And that's probably because it's a home game in C- in Seattle. But it'll be an interesting game for sure. I don't. I think Russ is you know be cool and collected enough that he'll ball out. But I, I I can see where you're coming from, and even if he's rattled, he has a much better O line that and no defensive pressure to affect him. So he'll be just fine. He wants to beat out the people booing him, and he wants to silence them quickly. And he's mm. more than capable of it. We all know how Russell Wilson has had. MVP caliber seasons at the beginning of seasons. Indeed. But yeah, that's all about it for week one. Um, I'm very excited for all of these games to take place. Me too, man. Me too. I think it's going to be a great one. I really do. All right. I think this has been it for Hitch Route. Any last thoughts? Other than I am just chomping at the bit for tomorrow night to get here, I don't think I have anything else to add tonight. All right. In that case, that's all. Peace out, everyone. All right. See ya.